Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today's episode is going to be so much fun, okay? Because we're going to talk about a world that is very, very, very creative, okay? Talking about syndications and getting money. This is a lot of people's problem. They go through the whole process of learning how to do deals, learning how to talk to people, learning how to you know get their elevator pitch down, but then they, they realize, okay, well, I have all these deals, I have all this knowledge, I have all this, you know, uh, all these connections, but my problem, Mike, is money. How do I get money? Well, you definitely want to pay attention to this episode because Whitney Sewell is going to break down a lot of the specifics behind syndication. It's great. Make sure you're taking notes and also make sure that you do further education on syndications, especially if you're going to be getting into that larger multifamily you know, type of uh, deal, okay? You can, for sure, learn how to raise capital when it comes to doing smaller deals, all right? I don't want you to think that that's not possible, but when in the syndication world, we often talk about these larger deals, 50, 100 200 plus units, okay? And if this is something that you're thinking about, this is definitely a podcast that you want to listen to over and over again, okay? All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and start the show. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We have an amazing guest here. His name is Whitney Sewell. Not only is he the uh, podcast host of the syndication show, but he is an Army veteran. What's going on, Whitney? Hey, glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It is absolutely amazing to have you here. Um, You know, we... We met at Rod's event. We've gotten to know each other a little bit uh, over the past couple uh, quarters, and um, and I'm excited to have you here. I know you have an awesome message to share with our listeners. Yeah, I, it was. I was pleased to meet you as well in Tampa and uh, at that event. And yeah, looking forward to the show. All right, all right. So, uh, do you mind giving us a little bit of uh, your military background and the sure. how you got started investing later on? Sure. You know, I was. Uh, uh, I guess I was 17. I joined the guard and, you know, I had no, no clue what I, you know, what that meant, uh, all together, but, uh, but just felt, I don't know. I just felt led to join. Um, I was a junior, you know, in high school or in between the junior and senior year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend and I were, were signing up together and, uh, um, you know, and that was before 2001. So even at that time, like, you know, the thought of like having to go to another country or go to war or anything like that, just, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't even cross your mind really, you know, uh, that that was even an option or, or you had the assumption that it, well, joining the guard, even if you get activated, you're just going to go, you know, to the coast somewhere or you're going to go, you know, stay in the country. But anyway, that was very far from 
what actually happened, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, pretty quickly, um, you know, like a year or so later, we were activated and, or yeah, 2003, I joined in March of 01 and uh, 2003, we were activated. We, we trained for three or four months, um, um, in the, uh, uh, in a complete blizzard, uh, getting ready to go to the desert <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. and uh, somehow they like to do it that way. But, uh, uh, anyway, we trained for three months. They ended up sending us home and I was in our artillery unit and, uh, we came home we were home about a year, then we got activated again, and then we went went overseas as military police for a year uh, in Iraq. And and um, um, it was, um, you know, obviously, you know, most of the listeners, if they're active duty, they understand this, you know, as well or better than I do. But uh, you know, great experience. But uh, I'm glad that it's behind me, you right. know. And and uh, the guys that were married and kids at the time, I don't know how they did it, but uh, uh, but you know, glad to be home. And and obviously, then. Um, I did my six years in the guard had a couple of years of active duty through all that. And then, uh, you know, I didn't sign back up, you know? And so, um, uh, I, I joined, I came home and become a, uh, got hired by Kentucky state police and, and, uh, you know, went the law enforcement route and, and pretty quickly realized that, uh, I couldn't make any money being a police officer. So I had to do something else. <laughs> right. That is awesome. So do you mind letting us know, uh, like what your first deal was like? Sure. In real estate. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when I become a, uh, became a police officer pretty quickly, I could, you know, while I really enjoyed working the road and doing that, um, it was a lot of fun, you know, but before I was married and then, uh, you know, pretty quickly, you know, after being married, we just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year of marriage, working overnight weekend and holiday, you know, right. and then, and then, so I'm like, okay, there's got to be something else. You know, I've got to like find another way to have some income. Right. And then, uh, you know, somehow I was introduced to rich dad, poor dad and, and some other books like that, Dave Ramsey even, you know, and, and some things like that. And, and I thought, okay, you know, there's this, there's something to this real estate thing that, you know, I need to, I need to start figuring this out or learn a little bit more about this. And, and then, so it wasn't long till, um, I bought a couple triplexes and, and, um, so two, tri- two triplexes and uh, learned a lot the hard way. Uh, that's for sure. You know, and really probably it jumped in before I was educated enough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, thankfully we didn't, we didn't lose any money, but uh, I definitely lost uh, some sleep. And, <laughs> and uh, but, but however, um, we learned a lot and um, got through that. And, and uh, you know, it's only made us stronger and more educated. There you go. There you go. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to, uh, what is it? Ready, fire, aim, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It is all good. It's all good, man. But awesome. So, uh, yeah, so you started out uh, with triplexes. You went right into multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that was definitely quite an experience. Do you mind sharing some of the challenges that you had going, going through that process? Maybe just some of the surface level? Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing is, is I didn't understand the market that I was buying in. I didn't understand the class of, of uh, property or tenants very well, you know, or as well as I needed to, or thought that I did maybe. And, and, uh, manage, I was self-managing another big problem, uh, but I couldn't have afforded to have had uh, higher property management, you know, at that time. And, and, uh, and so, you know, managing those tenants, you know, getting all the calls and, um, you know, the tenant turnover, it was, you know, it was very frequent. 
And, and so, you know, trying to keep them rented, you know, was a, was a a problem. There was lots of deferred maintenance that I uh, didn't account for. Um, You know, I hired a a professional to come in and do a, uh, do uh, an inspection on everything I could think of. However, um, you know, it it wasn't, um, you know, I I didn't think about hiring just somebody that was specialized in heat and AC, you know, uh, HVAC, you know, or, you know, I I thought that this guy was an expert in all that, you know, and then, um, so there was lots of deferred maintenance, but, uh, but I hadn't accounted for that, you know, Um, and so, you know, when things started tearing up, you know, we could afford to fix it, but there was like no cash flow, you know, Mm. Um, so, I mean, it was paying for itself, thankfully, but, you know, I was working all these hours trying to fix all this stuff and do the tenant turnover. And, but I was gaining an education, you know, the whole time is, is, right. was what I was making off that property. But, um, but, you know, just simple things like understanding that, uh, you know, some tenants are, are just never going to pay on time. And, you know, uh, you know, just like, um, understanding, you know, you can't, as much as you want to help some of them, you just can't almost, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I, I'll never forget, uh, one, one young lady that never paid on time. And, uh, and so I finally went, went, uh, and tried to help her. I like created this whole financial statement for her, you know, like, this is your income. This is what your bills are. You know, like I tried to like, okay, I'm going to help you try to get this figured out, you know, so right. you can get on track and, and, uh, okay. You know, and I even like laid it out, said, okay, it's going to take two months. But at that time, you'll be able to start paying on time and then you won't have a late fee. Mm. You know, like uh, I tried to lay it all out for, you know, of course, it never worked. She, but she always paid, but she always paid a late fee. So eventually I was like, okay, I'll just take the late fee. <laughs> I keep yes. the late fee right. <laughs> but, oh. but yeah, from management to uh, just not understanding the market well enough before buying, you know, in the location. Right, right. With some issue, major issues, and um, but that led into bigger problems. But uh, but all in all, they weren't that big a problem. So right. Well, you made it. You know, you survived. School of hard knocks kind of taught you a lot That's of right. good lessons. And if anything, outsourcing a lot of the stuff that you really don't want to focus on, um, and eventually it kind of led you into syndication world. Right. I mean, you that's right. Multifamily and took a little bigger. Um, do you mind explaining just briefly uh, what kind of gave you that mindset shift to go into larger level multifamily properties? Yes. So, you know, I I was never um, the single family guy or never thought about, you know, just doing single family homes. I always thought, you know, okay, you know, I want to do larger properties or multifamily, but I'd never, like the word syndication had never, like I'd never been introduced to that, you know, for a long time. And, and so, you know, I'd had a few smaller properties and up to like a 15 unit and then, uh, but, you know, scaling this was just really difficult, you know, like, uh, being, you know, and seeing apartment complexes or something like that. And you think, well, who owns that, you know, or how do I get to that level? Or, uh, you know, who is that person, you know, right. and, you know, maybe 20 years from now, maybe I'll be up to where I can, you know, buy a hundred unit complex or something. And, and, but, but I finally was introduced to syndication and started studying and trying to figure out what that was and how to get into that business. And, uh, you know, it was a, it's a process, that's for sure. You know, and it's a, and more than anything, it's a mindset change. I believe that, you know, it's, it was definitely, um, something interesting when I went to my first rod event and I saw David Tupin standing up there on that stage, (laughs) 21 year old, or I think he was 22 at the time, right? 
but uh, but crazy. I mean, because it is that mindset shift. It's that belief that okay, well, let me just figure out how to do it. But um, but you definitely figured it out, and it sounds like you've cracked the code, right? Well, we're working on it anyway. We're working on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, your podcast is awesome. I've listened to it a bunch of times, and and for those of you again who don't know Whitney, definitely need to get to know him. Go check out his syndication show. But um, can you break down what exactly is a syndication? Yeah, so you know it, it's as complicated as this. I mean, it's a it's a lot of people that are putting their money together. I mean, you know, you're pulling lots of you know investors together to purchase a larger property. I mean, it's it's really that simple. I mean, that's a syndication. You know, there's other industries that use that term for different things. Uh, however, in real estate, it's um, you know raising capital from lots of investors to purchase a large property. You know, they're passive investors, and and so it allows us to to find property that. Uh, has some type of problem that we can fix, you know, because on commercial property, obviously the the income is what uh, determines the value, you know, and so if we can raise the value, you know, if you have a hundred units and we can raise them just by a few dollars or, you know, $50 or, you know, I mean, it makes a, a big difference, you know, on the, on the value of the property. And so um, that's really the, the key, you know, to, to this business or the multifamily business, as far as at a large scale and syndication, that's what these guys, you know, do. They improve the property somehow, they get the rents up, um, you know, and that's, that's where they make their money, you know, obviously, um, through the life of the property, but ultimately when they sell. Right. That is awesome. And, um, and can I ask, do you have to have any money at all to syndicate an, an apartment deal? So, you know, I think some of that's a misconception a little bit, honestly, you know, you know, to say, no, you don't have to have any money. I don't think would be doing people justice, you know, because you don't ultimately have to invest personally, right. you know, in a deal to get into a deal. You don't, you do, you do not have to, you know, and, and uh, however, there are expenses to getting started such as, you know, if you want to go to conferences to meet people or if you're going to travel to meet investors or even if it's just taking investors out to lunch time and time and time and time again to build those relationships or, you know, just there's going to be some expense, you know, to say you're not going to have any of your money, own money out, you know, in, out of pocket is I don't think is, is true. However, you, it's, it is true that you don't have to put any of your own money into a deal to get, in, to get into a deal. Outstanding. No, that is very, very important, Whitney. I'm glad you made that point because it's not like, you know, the cost of getting started is zero. You still have to, you know, take yourself to the event. You got to pay for gas. You got to, you know, to network out there. And then there's also some like some uh, immediate costs that you have to face with some like closing stuff, right? Like working with an attorney and um, I mean, whether or not it's your pocket money maybe you could charge that on a credit card or something right but there's a risk as a well, that could be a few hundred thousand you know as far as your earnest money earnest money deposit and you know oh, yeah. and those some of those things that have to be paid for up front however you know that still doesn't have to be out of your pocket you do have to f- figure out where it's going to come from okay you know, you know you're going to have to have somebody else that you know, like we call a key principal or kp that's going to sign for the debt mm-hmm. uh, they have to have a net worth of at least the you know the 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 size of the property, um, you know, but a lot of times that same person or sometimes depending on, you know, your ability or your relationship with them, uh, your track record, lots of those things, you know, that same person may also, you know, bring that money to the table. And obviously you're going to have to pay them. They're going to be a big partner in the, in the, in the deal, you know, right. but, uh, but there's still ways that, 
to keep you from having to have a hundred thousand or 200,000 or whatever to put down, you know, out of your own pocket. Wow. Okay. So something like finding a mentor would be a wise decision for someone starting, right? So yes, I mean, that is one of the first things I tell people. So I take calls all week, you know, just so many, sometimes many, many, many calls every day. And, and all those people, I will say, I'll say 80, 80 to 90% of them are saying, how do I get started in the syndication business? Or how do I do a podcast? Or, you know, those things. But, but something I tell almost everyone is you need a mentor. And, and there's even a process and, you know, in finding a good mentor. Um, however, it is key. It is key. And so just like that, those triplexes, if I had had a mentor, I feel like I would have had, I mean, I, I was overly confident, I think, you know, obviously, you know, at the time, however, if I'd had a mentor, I think I could have made a lot better decisions or, you know, I, I would have understand the negotiation of that property a little bit, you know, or how to underwrite it a little better or how to do a little better due diligence. There's many things that I, I feel like I could have done better or, or, or walked away from it completely, you know, mm-hmm. until I found something else. Um, so a mentor is key. And uh, anyway, you know, I'm happy to talk about finding a mentor or whatever. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, go for it. I mean, I, yeah. I think I was, I was going to ask you, you know, what are a few steps that, you know, folks can kind of take to get started with their first indication. But since we're talking about mentor, we can talk. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, and, and I ask a lot of people that and how they got started and, and everybody says you got to educate yourself. And it's true. You know, you do. You got to educate yourself and you got to, you know, there's obviously some great books and there's things you got to, you know, you got to be soaking up all these podcasts and, you know, there, there's so much free information out there uh, right. that there's no reason that you don't have, you know, you haven't educated yourself some. And if you haven't, there's a lot of mentors aren't going to talk to you, you know, or people that could mentor you if you're not putting out some effort. But but finding a mentor is so key. And 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 because I find like before, before finding a mentor, like, I, I mean, I'm ready to work hard. I'm ready to do 80 hours a week if I have to do it, whatever. And I've been doing it a long time now but you know and that's that's fine but you know if you're just running on a treadmill you're not going anywhere you know you you think you're working hard and you think you're you maybe you even think you're getting a lot done um but you know it's just like you know two ships going out at sea i know most people have heard that uh analogy but you know if if one of them just i mean one degree off yeah you know you know in a little bit of time he's so far off track you know, or off route, you know, um, it's really difficult for him to get caught back up, you know, really difficult. And so, yeah, yeah. And so that mentor, having that mentor just, I mean, it gives you this other level of confidence as well. Mm. And so when you are underwriting a property or you're whatever, whatever it may be, or looking at markets or, you know, how to have those investor conversations or, you know, what you need to do at closing or the week after closing or all these things that, you just don't know what you don't know, you know, a lot of the time. And so, but, but when you have somebody that, uh, that has been there, done that, that's doing it right now, it just, it just elevates your game to a new, to a new level. I believe that. No, it's true. And you said something very, very critical there. You don't know what you don't know. And I know that (laughs) being guilty of being overconfident (laughs) as well. um, A lot of those I don't know things come back and they, they can bite you really hard. So that is uh that's crucial, but uh, okay. So step one, get a mentor, right? Find a mentor, keep a mentor. Uh, what would step two be? So, yeah. So first, yeah, education mentor. Um, and so the mentor is really going to help you to, uh, 
to know what the next step is, right? And it's okay. really going to depend on your on your situation. And and we're talking about specifically syndication right now, right? Or how to get into this business, right? Like, so so a lot of people get into this business by by raising capital. You know, and so that's a way. And if you have a mentor, you know, a lot of times it's going to be, you know, him that you're going to partner with. Okay. And so obviously in a syndication or, or a lot of people may not know, but there's what we call the, the general partnership and the limited partnership. The general partnership are going to be the operators, the people who find the deal, underwrite the deal, operating, you know, making sure that it's operating correctly after a close, all those things. And then, you know, the limited partnership side are going to be all the just our passive investors. And so, you know, it's usually like a 70-30 split, we'll say, you know, of the equity. So, you know, 30% would go to the general partnership, 70% would go to the passive investors or limited partners. And so, a lot of people get started by just raising capital. And so, you have to, you have to be able to assess your network, okay? And I know a lot of people that get it that have never done anything in real estate, but then they get a mentor and, you know, two to three months of getting started, they're already partnering on you know, 40 to $50 million deals. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds impressive. I mean, you know, uh, however, they're bringing just a portion of the equity. So, you know, they reach out to their, their network, you know, they learn how to talk, they educate themselves, right? So they're, right. they're learning how to talk to investors or learning how, you know, what all these terms mean about syndication and all this stuff. And, and they're learning how to have those conversations with investors. And so even if they can just raise 50 to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, a lot of, they can still partner on this, on this property. And so if you can imagine, if you can partner, let's say you could just bring a hundred thousand from another investor, you didn't put any of your money on it, any right. of your money into the deal. But if you can partner, then all of a sudden, you know, your conversations then change, you know? So when you're having the next conversations with investors and you can say, yeah, you know, we just partnered on this $50 million deal, you know, 250 units, whatever it is. You know, um, you know, the conversation changes. You're now all of a sudden you have some track record, you know, you've actually done something. Um, and so it's just, it's a big deal. It's another reason why you need that mentor, right? And you want somebody that's going to, you know, let you come in on a deal, you know, and let you partner and let you grow that track record. But, but you have to be able to assess your, your network, you know? And so if you're a, if you're somebody who's a very successful entrepreneur, but maybe in another, you know, in something outside of real estate, you probably already have a, a high net worth network, you know? Right. Um, but if you don't, then guess what? You got to go find those people or you, you have to change your mindset. You have to, you have to think about who you're surrounding yourself with. Like we've all talked about or heard before, but you really do. Uh, and so, um, I didn't grow up in a wealthy family. I didn't, you know, I, I was not surrounded by wealthy people in any way. Um, I have not uh, reached out to family to invest in real estate or in syndications, you know. And so, uh, you know, myself, you know, here comes that, the money part, you know, is, you know, I had to, I had to really, I mean, that's just the way I do things, but I'm just going to jump in with both feet. And that's why I wanted a mentor too, because I'm ready to make it happen. Right. But I wanted some guidance. You know, I wanted to be able to ask those questions. And so that's where that mentor came in. Okay. Um, so, but raising capital. So who's your network? And then, you know, I try, I've been traveling a lot and just like meeting people like you, Mike, and, you know, speaking on these stages and going around and, and that's where I've met lots of investors. And so, you know, assess your network, you know, and start to talk to them, telling people what you're doing. So people don't know, uh, you know, they see you as, as this, uh, you know, when they think of Mike, they, they see Mike, uh, you know, in a uniform, right? In camo. Right. You know, they don't know Mike as, 
as this real estate person, you know, or, or, you know, Mike starts to talk to me about real estate and I'm like, well, wait a minute, Mike, you know, <laughs> well, I thought you were in the military or I thought, you know, so there's this, you know, you have to let everybody know what you're doing one way or another, you know, and then we can get into thought leadership platforms and all that stuff and why that's important. But, but you got to get started, right? You got to take action. You got to let people know what you're doing. Um, and then start, you know, trying to raise some capital, you know, and, and usually, you know, that mentor or, or somebody, you know, you're going to find somebody that you can partner with. Right. That is awesome, man. Okay, cool. So, so you, you, I think that folks have some good steps here to get started. Is there like an example type of syndication that we can run through? Because I know syndications run so many different shapes and sizes, guys. Like I've heard of all these different ways you can kind of structure and do all this stuff, but maybe it's like something very basic, right? That folks can do, whether it's like syndicating, um, I don't know, a million or $2 million deal 50 units or whatnot, right? I mean, what is, what does a typical split look like? And maybe can, we can kind of talk about some of the specifics just a little. Okay. Yeah, it can, yeah, it can get really complicated. However, it's, it's not extremely complicated, um, but you, you can make it complicated, (laughs) Um, you know? So, you know, you have to think about the deal size and I mean, I've heard of people syndicating 12 and 15 unit properties. Um, However, you know, it's, I, I can't see that it's very cost effective, um, you know, because to syndicate, you know, the, the attorney fees alone can be anywhere from 10 to 25 to 50,000, you know, depend, depending on the property size and the, you know, I mean, depending on lots of things. Right. Um, however, you know, it's a big expense. So if you're, if you're working on a $300,000 property, you know, to say now all of a sudden you're going to have a $25,000 expense, uh, you know, I, I mean, just attorney fees to close or to get started, you know, there's going to, I mean, you're going to have to do everything right. You know, I mean, there's just not going to be any room for error. Um, That's a really great point. I didn't even think to ask that question, right? I mean, as far as what you should syndicate and what you shouldn't syndicate. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. So, but something else, you know, like the size of the property, uh, you know, people, it's just intimidating, right? If somebody says, you know, if you're used to going after single family homes and all of a sudden I said, you know, Mike, well, let's go, you know, let's look for a 50 unit property. Well, you know, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm not there yet. You know, I, I can't do that. Or, you know, so if I'm raising the capital, if I'm raising money from investors and we're able to, you know, uh, to purchase a, a hundred unit property and, and we're raising the capital from investors, well, why look for the 50 unit or why look for the 25 unit? Uh, you know, and, and I, and I, there's people that will say, well, wait a minute, the sweet spot is 50 to 75 units or it's sweet spot is, you know, 30 to 50. And then everybody has their own thing. They feel is, you know, the sweet, you know, spot or whatever number of units right. or the value. Um, but you know, it, the more I'm doing this, the more I'm learning, I see that, okay, you know, the, the larger, the better, uh, there's just, more numbers or more zeros, you know? Um, and so why not do the larger deal? If we're raising all the capital anyway, I'm not having to come up with all the down payment out of my own pocket, you know? Uh, and so why not do a larger deal? You know, we're, we're doing the same due diligence on a hundred unit that we would a 75 or a 35 unit property, you know? So why not do a larger deal? Um, but, but anyway, so, you know, as far as going through a little bit of a syndication, um, you know, some things to think about, you know, is obviously who the operators are, you know, the operator is, is extremely important. It's also why you need a mentor because when you're talking to investors, you know, that those, they're going to be like, wait a minute, Mike, um, 
do you know how to operate a hundred unit property? Do you, have you ever done this before? You know, like they're going to have these questions, right? Like, Oh, what do you know about this? Or, you know, and then, you know, and you don't want to be sitting there. Uh, 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 well, you know, I'm going to work really hard. You know, they're like, that's not your answer, right? You know, well, I can do this. You know, I know that I can. Well, you know, they're going to need a little more assurance before they're going to hand you a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or 50 or even 25 probably at that point. But, you know, when you can say, well, our team has done this 12 times, you know, or this is their 12th, 10th property or whatever, you know, in this market, they, they you know, they've got $200 million under management. And, right. and so, you know, I've shifted that conversation, right? And so, you know, he asked about my experience, but then immediately I'm going to say, well, our team has this kind of experience or our team has done this many properties or, you know, and so, you know, I, I'm giving him, um, the experience of our team or my mentor's team, you know, but that builds my credibility because I'm surrounding myself with those people and I'm not the operator at that point, you know, like getting started. Um, and so, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm really hanging on the coattails of a mentor or another team that is very experienced. And to think that I'm going to jump into a syndication, uh, there's very few people anyway, I've seen it done and successfully, but there's very few people that jump into a hundred unit property right off the bat with, you know, with no mentor and with no partners or nobody that's more experienced. You know, usually you're going to have somebody that's more experienced before you're going to do that. Cause and outside of some of it, you know, it's going to be similar to not syndicating. I mean, you know, you got to find the market, you got to build your team, you got to, you know, you got to do those, a lots of those same things. However, it's the capital raising side that a lot of people get hung up on. True. You know, uh, you know, and that's a big part of syndication. You know, obviously if you don't have just like a single family house, you don't have the down payment Well, you can't buy the deal. Well, same thing with, uh, I know there's other creative ways around that, but, uh, but talking simple, I mean, you know, in syndication, we got to have the down payment and we got to have the renovation costs and we got to, you know, we're going to raise all that capital up front, you know, whether, you know, depending on, uh, how much, uh, down payment we got to have and what the renovations are going to cost and things like that, we're going to raise all that capital you know, up front from investors, you know, but those investors, um, they can either uh, be debt investors. So like a loan, you know, like just like you're getting from a bank or they can be equity investors. So now they own part of the deal. Um, you know, some people say, well, debt investors, it's, it's more safe to be a debt investor. It may be, but you're not going to make as much money, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, but if you're an equity investor, you know, if the deal does really well, then you're going to make a lot better return on your money. But but you got to have those investors. It's very important, and right. and treating them like gold is very important, you know. Um, and and I'll you know, and this was said to me not too long ago, and I'll I'll put it out again. It's like you know, somebody that invests fifty thousand with you, you got to treat them like they invested a, a million with you, because if if you do, eventually it will be a million, either from them or from their network, you know. Um, so you got to let people know what you're doing. And you, you know, you got to put it out there, but, but anyway, going through the syndication, you know, usually there's going to be a 70, 30 split. Like we mentioned earlier, it can, it can vary in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's different, there's tons of different structures, different ways, or, um, you know, investors usually get what's called a preferred return. And that can be, you know, that will vary. You know, I, I would push usually always for at least 8% preferred return. And that just means investors get paid first, you know, so preferred yeah. return, they get paid before any operators are paid, you know, and if you're not getting a preferred return, I'd want to know why, you know, and sometimes depending on the deal, if there's tons of deferred maintenance or if they're, you know, to get a property turned around, you know, maybe they can't pay investors for a year, 
you know, and, and that, that's a possibility, you know, let's say this property is going to be almost hundred percent vacant for six months, you know, because there's such a big rehab that has to be done. Well, right. you know, that could still be a good deal, but you know, you got to know this operator knows what he's doing. You got to know that, you know, have they done properties like this before? And, um, you know, but then you're going to get, you know, then, then maybe you start getting paid, you know, after year one or, um, you know, but, you know, what's the distributions? Is it month? You know, are you getting paid monthly? Are you getting paid quarterly? Or is it annually? You know, some things to think about as an investor on the passive side, you know, well, how's that being handled? And what's the communications like, you know, from those operators? Because as, as a passive investor, you know, you don't have say in, in, you know, what the paint colors are. You know, there's too many investors. I'm not calling you to say, oh, you know, Mike, well, you know, should we paint this unit blue or should we paint it gray? You know, you just can't, you don't have time for for that, you know? And, and, and so as a passive investor, you know, you're trusting this team, you know, you are investing in them, but then they're going to say, okay, annually, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to project a a 15% IRR internal rate of return, or maybe on an annual basis, we're going to assess the cash flow and pay that out to investors, you know, and that's going to bump that up to a 15% instead of 8%, you know, but then maybe after 15%, we're going to split, you know, the GP and the LP is going to split the rest of it 50-50, you know, or, you know, something like that. There's other ways to, that the split will happen once we reach, reach certain goals or certain projections, yeah. okay. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you need to know that, you know, like right. especially as a passive, passive investor, well, you know, what happens after we reach the, the projected 15 or 19% IRR or, you know, those types of things. And, and uh, you know, if, if you don't know what IRR is, it just takes in the time factor. You know, I like to say, I like to say, if if you're going to invest fifty dollars with me, fifty dollars, and I tell you, Mike, well, you know, I can turn that fifty into fifty thousand. Well, who's not going to give you fifty dollars, right? <laughs> right. But but right. if I tell you it's going to take five hundred years, mm. you know, now all of a sudden, wait a minute, I'm not giving you my fifty dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, anyway, that's so cool, though. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamic when it comes to syndication um, it seems. And, and there's a lot of stuff to get to know. And so that's exactly why Whitney says, you know, get educated, definitely make sure that you don't dabble in this stuff is what Rod always says, right? Don't dabble in multifamily real estate investing. But, um, but once you do understand it, it's beautiful and it can definitely game change your life. I mean, I don't, Whitney can, can surely test to it. I mean, if, if you've got, a uh, 100 unit, you know, by the time it's all said and done, I mean, on average, like how much could you see your cash flow bump up from something like that? A couple thousand, maybe. Oh, yeah. You mean from like uh, a smaller multifamily or? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the, you know, the asset management fees or the acquisition fees alone, you know, are, are, uh, are nice. But however, you, you know, I try to remind people, you know, you've worked hard for that, you know, uh, and so the, the asset management fees aren't going to like, uh, support you alone until you've done a few deals. However, the, like the acquisition fees, you know, will, uh, but, but it's really, you're working towards that sale day, you know, to sell that property. And that's where, you know, that's where the investors are getting their big payday, payday as well, right. you know, and, you know, and you look forward to that because, you know, you pay investors well, guess what? You know, they're going to want to invest with you again. Then they're telling all their friends about it, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. That is very, very true. Yeah. So awesome. Whitney, thank you so much for the wonderful wisdom that you've given us on the show. Uh, So much value. And I know folks are definitely uh, glad to have heard this. Uh, I want to take you into our bonus round. I got three final questions for you. Um, First one, what is your favorite book? Hmm. Well, you know, 
top would be obviously the my Bible or the Word. You know, I, I can't do without that. Um, um, you know, if you want to, uh, that you know, by far that's the top. But you know, if it's specifically about syndication, then it's uh, Joe Fairless's uh, new book, the best ever apartment syndication book. Uh, it's 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 the most well thought out as far as about syndication. There's just not many books about syndication, and some some are really good. However, they're not uh, beginner books. They're not uh, they're they they'll talk over your head. You know, right. if you're if you haven't been in the industry a little bit, but his book really helps you to get started. Okay, awesome, and uh, and he's got a podcast as well, right? He uh, does best yep. ever real best estate ever real estate investing advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. so yeah, there'll be links to uh, to the book in the show notes page for sure. Um, I've heard a lot about him recently, which is good stuff. So I gotta gotta start tapping into more of his stuff. Um, awesome. Okay, can you tell us uh, who's your biggest hero and why? <laughs> Um, well, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus right. Christ would be my biggest yeah. hero by far. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Gave his life for me and, and just the amazing things he's done for our family. Uh, you know, no doubt, uh, our hero. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. Amen. Good to go. Um, last question. If you had three nuggets of wisdom to those who are just getting started investing in general, right? Not necessarily pertaining to syndication, but just in general, what would, what would your three nuggets of wisdom be? So, you know, everybody says educate yourself. And I just think that's a given, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to invest in anything unless you're educate. I hope you're in educating yourself a little bit at least, you know? Right. Um, however, you know, I say take action and, and, but like, I, you know, I'm the type that, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to try to take massive action and I'm, I'm going to just jump in like with both feet and try to just, I'm going to figure it out. You know, like right. I'm, I'm going to have the mindset, I'm going to figure it out. You know, military, I think helped me with that a little bit. You know, I remember those, those ruck marches, you know, like 12, <laughs> the 12th mile, you know, in the middle of the night and your feet are blistered and you're like, mm-hmm. nope, I can do it. You know, you're keeping them, you know, it's some of that, uh, some of that mentality, you know, I think that's helped me long term, you know, that I learned in the military and some of those things. Um, but take massive action, you know, take action, period. It doesn't even it doesn't even have to be extremely something big and and, and don't overcomplicate things. You know, like it's not uh, as complicated as we like to think it is. And I, and I think we we try to make it complicated because it, it's a it helps validate our excuse of not getting started. Mm. you know? Wow. And so, you know, take action, don't overcomplicate it. Right. You know, and find a mentor. Yeah, no, for sure. That definitely is some solid wisdom there. Cause a lot of people fall into that analysis paralysis mode, but it's just another excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, uh, I never thought of myself as, as, you know, having a podcast. I, I didn't even know what they were two years ago, you know, mm-hmm. never even heard of a podcast, you know, yeah. never thought about doing a podcast, you know, now I'm doing a daily podcast, you know, and, um, you know, if you've seen my little studio here, you'd be like, well, you know, I mean, I never thought I'd be doing something like this, you know, <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, take action and it doesn't have to be a podcast, but you know, you have to do something, you know, like get out there. And it's amazing the things will, that will start happening and the doors that will open when you just put yourself out there, you know, and get started. Amen. That's so true. That is so, so true, man. Don't I know that one? Oh man. Whitney, it was absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Best place is go to lifebridgecapital.com. And that's where you'll learn more about our bio and why we're doing this. And, you know, our big why is helping 
uh, families adopt children. You know, we've committed 50% of our profits right. to helping those families and, and we're in our third adoption process personally. And, and so we're very passionate about helping families do that process, but go to LifeBridge Capital or obviously, uh, and you can see the podcast on there too, the real estate syndication show. Awesome. Those, there'll be links to those in the show notes page. Whitney, thank you so much for all the awesome uh, the info, the value that you've added to this. Thank you so much for what you do with your podcast and, and helping others. And uh, who you are, definitely excited and we'd love to have you on the show again later on. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right. Take good care, Whitney. Thank you, Mike. Phenomenal. Thank you so much, Whitney, for your time. Really appreciate your appearance on this podcast. Guys, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. You don't want to miss out on these awesome episodes that we are releasing. Okay, cool. So a little bit on what's going on. If you guys haven't figured out yet, we have launched Rapid Deploy again, and we are keeping it open for a limited window. We've got folks that are pouring in, so make sure that you hop on that train before you miss out. Last thing. We are starting to do more seminars and more meetups in the areas. So if you guys are uh, potentially thinking about starting a meetup of your own and you want to uh, work with the ADPI team, reach out to us. Hit us up on our Start the Spark page and let us know that you are interested in hosting a meetup in your area and we will try and get with you and figure out how we can help coordinate that or maybe even get to it if we can. All right. Hope you guys are doing great. Catch you later.